It is so easy when you hit a plateau to start to wonder, you know, my body went through so much. Hormones could still be all over the place. So maybe this is just my new weight for good. And that could be true, but it also could be false. In the early years of motherhood, all that we're doing in learning and relearning can make it really hard to dig into the things that affect your weight and determine if something is there that's keeping you stuck at that plateau or if it's truly your new weight that your body's just happy at. So in this episode, we are, we're going so deep in, you're going to learn the five areas that you can analyze to see if there is a change to make. So you're going to learn the five different areas to look into how to actually make changes in those areas and ultimately move past this plateau. If it is one, you're going to learn so much today, but I would be doing you a big, big, big disservice. If I didn't remind you about booking a weight loss kickstart call. Because even after you gain some insight from this episode, because I know you will, and I hope you do, I'm, I'm truly not holding anything back from you today, mama, like we're going so deep into this, but even with what you gain from this episode, it can be hard to follow through and actually figure out exactly how this information applies specifically to you and your circumstances in your journey. So as you're listening today, if there's anything that makes you go, Hmm, that might be it. And I actually think it might be it, but I'm not sure exactly how to make that change, how to make it sustainable and how this applies exactly to me and and how to stay consistent with that new habit. Well, then you just head over to the toughlovemom.com backslash coaching and book your session, girl. That way we can figure it out and truly apply this to you and get the changes made if you need that. So let's get into the goods. Hey mama, welcome to the tough love mom podcast. I know you're here because you're ready to get consistent and finally lose that weight. And you're not afraid of a little tough love. You know what to do to lose weight, but following through on those things feels impossible. You wish you could just feel like your strong, confident self again and want to be a good example for your little ones, but you get thrown off by mom guilt and the unpredictability of motherhood. It's frustrating. Taking on your journey postpartum is hard, but it's not impossible. Hey, I'm Liz, and I've been where you are. I gained a lot of weight in my pregnancies, 90 pounds and then 60 pounds. I needed to lose that weight to take control of my health and honestly just wanted to feel like myself again. With a sustainable approach to weight loss, simple consistency, and working on my mindset, I lost it all in just over a year both times and I'm here to help you do the same. I believe that we have an ingrained ability to figure out what we need to do, make it happen, and do it in a way that awes the world. If you're ready to stop falling off the wagon, create solid routine and healthy habits, and finally feel your best inside and out, all while enjoying dino nuggets on your salad, you are in the right place. We're about to transform your journey, my friend. Get pumped up. It is tough love time. Okay, so is this the weight you've been stuck at for weeks? Is it your new weight that your body's just happy at? Or is there potential for change somewhere in your life or your habits that would help you continue down that path to your healthiest life? If you've listened for any amount of time, you better know that I don't want you just picking a weight and to aim for it because you were once that weight in the past or you just decided on it. Like we're not pulling We're not pulling numbers out of hats here. Okay. We have to have purpose, a deeper purpose behind picking a specific number. If you do, we don't just pull numbers out of hats. Okay. But I do want to encourage you that if you're working towards this and you're stuck, 
we can find a solution. So at about nine months postpartum, both times after both of my boys, my weight loss plateaued for a long time. I don't remember specifically how long after my first was born, but after my second, I mean, there was a plateau that was like at least four months and a few times total transparency during that plateau, I got really frustrated and I was wondering, I truly started to wonder if this was just my new weight. Even though I knew deep down, I had this deep down feeling, just this gut feeling that I could get healthier. And when I say that broad, I knew I could get healthier phrase, the way I felt when I woke up, the lack of mobility in my back still, the bloat that I felt on and off, the fact that physically I knew I could feel stronger and be a bit more leaner, more leaner. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk. (laughs) Be more leaner. I knew all of those meant that there was still some pounds to lose. I knew all those together, we're indicating there's still probably a few more pounds for me to lose, but I was so stuck. (laughs) And how many pounds specifically, I didn't really know, but I knew I could be and feel healthier still. And weight loss was part of that. So there you got a quick little mini lesson on one way to determine if not how much, but if you still have weight to lose, Um, I told you, I'm not holding anything back today, but so If for you, all the signs are pointing, yes, there is definitely where I'm at is not where my potential says I can be. You know, if all the signs are pointing to yes, what can we do? What areas should you analyze deeper to see where changes could be made? So I'm gonna do a quick overview right now of the five areas, and then we're gonna dive into how to analyze these areas broadly, like the mindset you need to be in, and then we'll go into each area specifically and how to make those changes. So the five areas that I want you to analyze. The first is nutrition. You knew that, right? It's nutrition. The second is physical activity. The third area to analyze is restoration. The fourth is your expectations. And the fifth is any other lifestyle considerations. So how do we analyze these areas? What kind of mindset do you need to be in before even getting into this? We're going to talk about that real quick. And it's two simple steps, simple, not easy, but simple. The first is you need to detach as much emotion as possible from this process. Your choices that you made in the past that have you where you're at right now, do not dictate who you are. So choose right now to let go of any thoughts that are going to come up in the future as we're doing this, that tie your choices that you've made or ways things have been or the habits that you've had in each of these areas, let go of any of those thoughts that tie those choices in the past to what you're capable of or your worth. Okay. Let it go. They are not connected. You are not defined by your choices. You are not defined by your past. Okay. Detach the emotion, detach the emotion after you do so from this, if you detach that emotion from this process, I want you to embrace honesty. If I could be a fly on the wall and buzz your ear every time you were knowingly self-sabotaging or making an easier choice that was taking you down the road to you know, not making you better or healthier and more confident, you know, I would, you know, I would, but I can't, and I don't want to be a fly. So I can't be a fly on your wall. I can't buzz your ear and bother you every time you're self-sabotaging. So you have to be empowered to do this for yourself. And to be honest, this is the hardest part. It's the hardest part, but it is foundational. So mentally prepare yourself to get uncomfortable. It is worth it. And it is hard. But if you aren't able to be honest with yourself, the rest of this episode will not matter because the changes you're going to try to make will not last. I see it all the time. So get honest with yourself. 
first you gotta let go of that emotional attachment to, you know, letting these, all these feelings and thoughts be like, oh, that makes me bad or good. No, no. Let go of the attachment, like detach the emotions from this process, and then embrace the honesty that you've got to sit in for a little bit while we address these areas. Okay. Now, this whole like being uncomfortable with being honest, this is why, this is a big reason why I offer my weight loss kickstart calls because what we dig into gives you the ability to sit in that self honesty for our time for those 45 minutes. And I get to hold this judgment free space for us to uncover those things that are keeping you stuck in your journey and stuck at that plateau. If you want to see what those feel like and what those calls sound like, you can listen in episodes 46 and 51. I'll link them below for you. But Those are the two main steps you need to do to get your mind in the right place to analyze these five areas. So detach the emotion, embrace the self-honesty. Now let's dive into those five areas we just covered. We just listed out and talk about the changes you can make. First up, nutrition. You knew this was coming first because it's foundational to weight loss. And it's usually the area we get tripped up in most, right? Like me personally too. So I'm right there with you. If this is your weakness, if this is the area that you're like, yeah, that's probably what's holding me back. Let's dive into it. So, because at the end of the day, remember, we keep it simple here. Weight loss comes down to energy consumed versus energy used. And if we don't address that area, the calories, calories we're taking in versus the ones we're expending throughout the day, you know, taking care of our kids, exercising, walking around, cleaning the house, going to work, whatever, loading the kids into the car seat. That should count as exercise. Where are you at on my Apple watch <laughs> for real? But when, man, they really should make a workout that's like loading the kids into the car because <laughs> that is a workout. But at the end of the day, that is the foundation. And a lot of, there's a lot of areas and we're going to talk about them in a second that we might not realize that we're actually off in, in the expending more than we're consuming if you're wanting to lose weight. So again, this is where honesty is vital. And where I'm going to remind you one more time that the choices in your past or the habits that you have right now do not determine who you are or your worth. Okay. Remember that. So a few things to get specific with and to analyze and to reflect on and to go, Hmm, this is ringing a bell or, Oh my gosh, this is like hitting me in my gut right now. That's probably what I need to address. So I'm going to go through a couple of these And if something comes up for you, make a note, you know, type it in the notes in your phone or whatever. So you can come back to this and and decide how you're going to make a change. So are you eating enough throughout the day or are you forgetting for long periods of time and then eating a lot because you're starving? This very simply, very easily leads to overeating because we're going for, and I mean, y'all, we all do it. Like we're moms, we're busy. (laughs) I have days I forget to eat. Never thought I'd say that, but I sure do now. There's days where I forget to eat for like seven hours. And then all of a sudden I'm starving and I eat a lot of food because I'm so hungry. Okay. If we constantly do that, it's become a habit and there are probably things we can change. So we're not constantly forgetting to eat. If it happens every once in a while, it happens every once in a while, but if it's happening daily, it's something you need to address. And it could very easily cause you to be over consuming and thus leading you to either gain weight or stay at a plateau. Another thing to get specific with and analyze is stress eating, avoidance eating, emotional eating, whatever you want to call it. Does it happen? Is it during nap time? Is it after the kids go to bed when you can finally turn your brain off and relax? Is there a time of day that's triggered and you find yourself mindlessly eating to avoid certain feelings or certain tasks? Again, this leads to overconsumption. And it's something I think we subconsciously realize we're doing, 
But again, it's more comfortable to turn to food than it is to face the things that we don't want to face. So another thing that could cause this plateau that you're stuck at, are you eating enough? This is a big one that can come up, especially if you're breastfeeding. But if we, and and even if you're like dieting, if you're in a constant state of deprivation, especially if you're breastfeeding, again, if you're under 1800 calories a day, this can start to affect your supply, especially the first few months, but your body can go into preservation mode and it will hold on to weight. And this is often a cause of plateaus. If none of the previously mentioned issues are issues. So if you're not eating enough, you're constantly in a state of caloric deficit and it's a bigger deficit than your body needs on a daily basis to actually lose weight. And this is very specific person to person. So I can't get into numbers here for you, but if you aren't eating enough consistently day to day over time, that can affect your weight loss and cause a plateau. Another thing to consider, are you eating the exact same things every single day? Your body does need variety in your nutrition, just like it needs variety in your exercise. And then last thing I want you to think about is your water intake. This is part of nutrition and it is huge. Well, tough love for you. Coffee is not water. Tea is not water. Any of those electrolyte drinks, like I'm not going to mention them. (laughs) I won't do it, but none of those electrolyte drinks are water. And I know, you know, I know, you know this, but I'm going to tell you just to give you a little like I'll buzz your ear right here. Pop, soda, whatever you want to call it. I call it pop because I'm from the good old Midwest. It is also not water. Those lead you to literally drinking your calories and not leaving you full. And to be honest, I probably should have said this one first because this is one of the main culprits to overconsumption of calories. And this will lead you to feeling hydrated when really you're more dehydrated than you were before, especially with things that contain caffeine. A survey, get this, uh, and this is probably going to really hit home. A survey of over 3,000 Americans found that 75% likely had a net fluid loss resulting in chronic dehydration. Chronic. That means like all the time. Yikes. Drink your water and drink a lot of it. Now, I know I'd like pointed out the problems and you're probably going, how do I change it? How do I fix it? That's what we're diving into next. So under the nutrition area, how to make changes to address these specific issues. So one simple, simple way, not easy, but it's very simple is to plan your meals and prep. If you have time now, this is personally something I really don't do because I've got a good flow. We've got a good system for food in our house, but this is This is probably the first solution you should turn to if you're winging it right now in nutrition, because winging it leads to making easier choices and harder ones because we're not planned ahead. So just start planning out. You don't have to. And this is the biggest thing, because if you're like me, you go all or nothing. And I do not want you doing this. We've talked about it before. But if you're if you're starting to clean up your nutrition, don't go from what you're doing right now to saying, okay, Monday, we're going to plan out every single meal and every single snack. And I'm going to make all the food and I'm going to prep it all. You're going to burn out don't do that. Start with one meal, start with one snack, start with one time of day that you're going to start cleaning up that you're going to prep for. When I got back into this after both kids, it was breakfast. I started with a healthy breakfast that was well-rounded to start our day well, because it made me feel better the whole day. Then I got focused on dinners so we could eat as a family and actually eat something nutritious and not like a bowl of cereal. And then I got focused on snacks because we started leaving the house and this was like a month, months long process. So start planning your meals, prep if you have time. Another change that you can make, and 
these are like specific changes that you can say, okay, I noticed what my problem is. Nutrition's probably that your issue, the bigger issue. That's one of the five, right? It's gonna be a long episode, so you know, buckle your seatbelt. But we we talked about the issue. So if you identified which issue it might be, see which of these solutions line up with what you need right now. So the next change that you can make, solution you could find, is finding staple meals that are simple and easy and that nourish your body and that you enjoy. Again, like I said, after both kids, I started with making a staple, simple breakfast that nourished our bodies and that I love. And we still do it to this day. So some ideas for you for snacks and meals that are simple and easy, but that you can make nutritious. And I'll start with snacks. Um, Energy bites. I kept these like the oatmeal and peanut butter and honey ones. You can put protein powder in them too, I think. But these I kept by the bedside the first few months postpartum for when I was like waking up in the middle of the night really hungry. Uh, protein bars, certain kinds of those, fruits, certain veggies, all of those are grabbable, literally. All fruits and veggies, you can just throw them in your purse and just take them with you, a lot of them. Um, a lot of sandwiches too. You get so many macronutrients in a sandwich. If you do, you get a carbohydrate, you can get a protein, you can get healthy fats, you can throw veggies in there. I mean, sandwiches are awesome wraps. And if you don't mind leftovers, casseroles, quiches, crockpot meals, these are all phenomenal. They're simple, they're easy, and you can make them nutritious and find nutritious recipes. So again, that second solution is find a staple meal or snack that is healthy, that will nourish your body. And that's simple that you can just start working in consistently to your day to day. The next change you could make and this one's awesome, is to food journal. You don't have to do this forever, but doing it for even just a few days is is very transformational. It's one of the best self-accountabilities that there is, and it lets you unemotionally reflect on what you're eating and if there are any times of day or feelings or events that trigger certain behaviors and certain choices consistently. Now, don't obsessively food journal like forever, But keep paper in your kitchen for a few days and write down what you eat, how much you're eating, and bonus, how you feel before and after, physically, mentally, you know, any hunger cues you were or weren't feeling, any like stressed or happy or whatever feelings that you had. Just like quick note those things. And after a few days, you'll start to reflect and see connections and what you're eating, when you're eating it, why you're eating it. And this will make you more mindful and lead to more control over time and what you're putting in your body, giving you more attention to your hunger cues and why you're eating and lead to less mindless eating. So food journaling is a great quick implementation you can make as well to help address this area of nutrition. Another change you can make, and I got, let's see, three more left for the nutrition area. So again, like I said, this is the biggest one we're tackling is calculate exactly what you need on a caloric level. Um, and this is specific person to person. So again, I'm not going to get into numbers here, but if you do, if you have the capacity right now (laughs) to calculate that, you'll take into account your current weight, your activity level. Hopefully you can find a calculator online that helps and that takes into account breastfeeding or not and any specific goals you have, but either way, no matter what you do, you can take that number and plan generically, like make a meal plan for what you'll buy and eat week to week and follow through. Or you can just track day to day and see if you fall around that number. Um, You don't have to hit it specifically. I think that's another important thing to note is when you do find out, okay, my body needs about this amount day to day, you're not going to hit it exactly. And I, I don't want you to, you should be aiming for around that because it will fluctuate day to day and that's normal. Okay. Another change to make that will help address 
any issues that are coming up in nutrition that you were like, "Mm, this might be it is phasing your diet. If you don't know what this is, basically it means approach nutrition differently. Not this, don't have the same meals. Don't eat the same types of foods. Don't follow the same quote diet forever. You have to have variety. We're not designed to eat one way forever. The same things day in and day out, the same diet, whatever is going to cause stagnation in your progress. Phasing your diet is a good thing. Changing up what you eat week to week and season to season is so good for your body. And in my opinion, it's really good for your mind too, because you'll have seasons where you're more intentional about your nutrition and more disciplined. And then it will also allow for seasons for flexibility. I mean, I just came off of literally being out of town for 19 of the 30 days in April. And I let April be a totally flexible month. I didn't track what I ate. I just went by what my body was telling me. If there were treats around and I wanted to enjoy one with my family, I did. And that's the season I was in. When I was doing 75 hard last fall, yep, I was being disciplined and intentional. There are seasons and we should be living that way. Okay, it's going to save you a lot of mental stress too. So phasing your diet is another thing you can do. And this is like a broad solution. Again, if you need help figuring out how to like tangibly apply this exactly to your situation, I can help you with that. The last thing I want you to address with nutrition is water. So generically, there's some statement out there, and I think it's great just so we know what to work towards, but you should be wanting to drink in ounces, at least half your body weight. So like if you weigh 180 pounds, that would be 60 ounces of water. You divide that by two, 60 ounces of water. If you're outside the U S I need to, I need to culture myself and learn the different systems, but I don't know them. (laughs) So I applaud you that you guys figure them out and do the conversions, but Per American standards, you want to do half your body weight in ounces. If you're breastfeeding, you want to do at least 100 ounces of water a day, especially that first year, because like I said before, 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated and you're a tough love mom, so that ain't going to be you, okay? Ways to make this easier, like these simple, quick changes you can make to help your water intake, get some reusable water bottles. Have more than one, fill them up at night. So they're all ready to go the next day. And you know, okay, if I drink all these water bottles, I'm going to have hit my water goal for the day. You don't have to track it. You just say, I'm going to drink those three water bottles and we're going to be good to go. And then bring them everywhere with you. I think this is the the thing people fall through on. And I think I was just kind of like mentally trained to from high school on playing volleyball, but bring your water bottle with you everywhere you go. Drink water with every meal set alarms. If you have to, there's so many ways to make it habitual. So you're not part of that 75%. I'm not going to let you be part of that 75% if you listen to this podcast. So get your water bottle and drink it and bring it everywhere. Tell me where you bring it. <laughs> like, Tell me the, the fun locations you brought your water to. Okay. Okay. Moving on to the next area, nutrition. That was a doozy. But like I said, it's usually where people get tripped up the most. And so that's why we dove in so deep. So the next area we're going to talk about is physical activity. So let's talk about first things to consider and analyze what might be causing issues for you. The first, are you less active than you actually think you are? We often feel like as moms that we're more active than we actually are because we're busier, but busyness doesn't always equate to physical activity. Okay. We're on, we are on our feet more. Absolutely. We do have more of a mental load and more on our to-do list most of the time, but this does not always equate to being more active. Again, the foundation of weight loss is being in a deficit. And if assuming that you're, if you're assuming that you're expending more caloric energy than you actually are, 
this could be leading to taking in too many calories. It literally leads to those numbers being off, even though you think they're a different way. So that's the first thing to consider. Are you being less active than you actually think? The next one is, are you doing only one kind of physical activity? You're probably like, oh, variety. Yes. Just like your diet and your nutrition, you need to phase your physical activity. You cannot train the same way or the exact type and intensity and moves for a long time. You cannot keep doing the same workout and expect to see progress. Okay. I'm just gonna say it like it is. Your body is going to adapt to what you're doing. I literally am saying this because I am speaking from experience. When I was Ironman training, I was training the same way, the same amount of hours, not giving myself rest. I was doing the same strength workouts. And guess what? I plateaued. Like physically, I wasn't looking more toned or lean or stronger. I actually started to get that like skinny fat look. Um, Just personally, that's how I would have described it for myself. And like I said, if you're doing the same thing every day, your body will adapt. Your body's really smart. It it really is mind blowing how smart and intuitive your body is. And over time, if you're working out the same way month after month after month, the result is that the caloric output will not be as much as it was when you first started working out that way. Okay. Another thing to consider with your physical activity that might be the root issue is, are you pushing yourself hard enough? This is the last one we're going to talk about in a safe, healthy way, of course, but this is similar to doing only one kind of physical activity. So are you pushing yourself? Are you using the same weights? Are you only walking or only jogging at a certain pace and never doing intervals or never pushing yourself to like get out of your comfort zone with your workout? Your body gets used to that and it will stop changing. So tough love moment here to remind you, you are stronger and more capable physically than you realize and that you give yourself credit for. Let me say that again. You are stronger and more capable than you are giving yourself credit for. So push yourself. If you are not familiar with the 40% rule, welcome to my world. I love it. But what the 40% rule is, is that when you feel like you're at your max physically, when you feel like you are at 100%, when your brain is telling you that, you are really only at your 40% capacity of what your body's capable of. So start thinking about that next time you're working out. Now, again, like I said, like I said, push yourself in a safe and healthy way. You don't need to be like doing this every single day, day in and day out. Cause again, you will plateau, you'll burn yourself out. But if you're never pushing yourself, if you're only working at 5% capacity, stop, you need to push yourself to 15% every once in a while then to 20% and then to that 30% capacity where you feel like you're almost at your edge, but you're not, and you don't need to do this every workout, but you should be doing things every once in a while. You should have a workout here and there that has a burner session or something that's going to push you when you get in and will get you into this mindset of, Oh my gosh, can I do this? I don't feel like I can, but I'm going to try. And then you do it. And then you follow through and you're like, wow, I'm more capable than I realize. We do this daily in motherhood. So start doing this for your body too. Okay. Push yourself. So how can we make changes in our physical activity? What are the answers to these problems that I just went over? The first one, if you're less active, find some wearable technology. If you have an Apple watch or a Fitbit, use that as feedback. It's not insanely accurate with like the calorie burn and everything, but you can get feedback from the steps you're taking per day, how much you're standing per hour. 
you know, in those first few months postpartum, that stuff's going to be a lot less, rightly so. But having some sort of wearable, wearable technology does give you data as to how active you actually are. And sometimes we're less active than we think. So it's really good to see that. Um, also plan one time a day to take a walk. This is great for your mental sanity promise. Like we love in this house, we love a good post-nap pre-dinner, that witching hour, get some fresh air and go for a walk. It's so good for all of us. So get outside and go for a walk when you can, or plan it in to do it daily, but just move your body, get outside. It's so good for you. You can also habit stack. And what habit stacking is, is when you have a habit that you do daily, like brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom, loading the dishwasher. What you do when that's already habit is you add in a new one with that ingrained one. So if you're brushing your teeth, you can do squats while you're brushing your teeth. If you have something in the microwave, do some jumping jacks. I'm just giving you random examples here. If it's a commercial break, stand up and do lunges instead of scrolling your phone. These are simple ways to get more active. If you find out, if you realize that you're not as active as you think you are, and that's like the issue you need to address. The last thing I'm going to say about this and being less active is a lot of the times that happens because we don't get to our workout because we didn't plan it in. So plan your week ahead of time. Choose days that you will work out and give yourself a minimum expectation that you can uphold and follow through. So if you're at a point where you're at zero days a week and you want to start getting consistent with that, say you're going to go for three days a week, you're going to do a workout. This is the time of day you're going to plan to do it. Not exact time, but like after breakfast, before the kids go down for a nap or during the kids nap, whatever it is, you have to plan. If you don't plan it, it probably won't happen. So if you're being less active, those are some simple solutions you can put into place to address that issue. The next solution is if you need to change up your fitness, if you need to get some variety in there or push yourself harder, sign up for classes. This is one of the most fun things that you can do like in-person ones, because there's something about working out with others in person that allows your brain to go, Oh, I'm more capable than I realize and more doable. And Oh my gosh, you're getting community too, which we all need as moms. Okay. So, and, and accountability and diversity in your workouts. I mean, it's like you're getting all the bonuses from all the sides, addressing all the issues. So sign up for a few classes a week or once a week, whatever it is that you can make happen, because that will help you get that variety in your training and also allow you to push yourself a little harder. Um, Something else to do. This is, you can do this anywhere. If you work out at the gym, at home, you can track the weights that you're using in workouts. So you can progress. Like, like I said, if you're doing shoulder raises day in and day out, trying to get your arms more toned and you're only using five pound weights and you never progress to eights, you never progress to tens. Well, you're never going to see progress. You've got to track your weights and know, especially if you're doing workouts that use multiple sets of dumbbells or machines or whatever, just like know what kind of resistance you've been using and push yourself, change it up, you know, up the weights, have rest weeks, whatever. But if you're tracking, right? We can't change what we don't track. If you're not tracking, you might think in your head, you know, and you might from habit from doing the same thing for so long. But when you're tracking, you're writing it down on paper, you can see how you're progressing. And that in itself gives you this positive feedback. That's really encouraging. So it's my little two cents there. Um, another change that you can make if you need to change it up or push yourself harder is follow a workout program. They are created with purpose and that purpose is progress and results. The quality of a program is important. Um, You want to make sure that you're getting a diversity in training, that there's recovery weeks in there where you're not training as heavily. And honestly, there's so many different types of 
exercise out there that you're going to be able to find programs that fit your preferences, that fit your goals, that fit your schedule, that fit if you prefer doing it at home versus the gym, what kind of equipment you have. So, so many great options out there. Do look for quality of program. Um, I used specific ones throughout both my weight loss journeys for my kids that allowed me to lose a combination of 150 pounds. So you can get info and access to those at the backslash programs. But again, following a workout program that's created by a professional is paramount to getting that diversity in your training, that variety, and being able to push yourself, track that progress and actually see results as well. Okay. Next area restoration. You might've been like, Hmm, I wonder what she's going to talk about there. You might know, but some things to consider in this area of restoration that might be tripping you up in your journey, keeping you at this plateau. The first is sleep. Lack of or poor sleep affects everything. Brain function, impulse control, which affects food choices, right? Body system functionality. And when we're sleep deprived, it's very easy to eat too much, which we know that eating too much is going to be overconsumption of calories causing weight gain or a weight loss plateau. Another thing that could be tripping you up is stress, not just mental or emotionally felt stress, but physical and biological stress as well. So over exerting yourself in workouts, sleep deprivation, not giving yourself rest days, and then the emotional and mental stress that you might feel from just life or motherhood in general. All of these types of stress increase cortisol and cortisol increases your appetite and thus leads you to eat more. So like, see how this all comes back to nutrition, but sometimes nutrition and just quote eating healthier isn't necessarily the issue. It could be something underlying that's in another area of life. Another restoration thing to consider. And I hit on this for a second when we were talking about physical activity is rest from physical activity. So literally throwback to before kids, when I was Ironman training, I talked about this a little bit, but I was overtraining hardcore. And this ties into training adaptation too, where your body gets used to the intensity and amount of exercise. And so it needs more or different to see continued results. And personally, I was training the same way, same strength workouts, and I started to plateau, um, both in my performance, like in how fast I was able to race that, that plateaued big time. So that's honestly was the biggest indicator that I should have gone. I should probably rest more, but I was not really aware of that good at it. You know, not as just not as knowledgeable about how much rest played a huge role in seeing progress, both, you know, in my body, but in how I was performing and how I was feeling day to day. That's huge. So rest is really important. And maybe this will blow your mind, or maybe it'll be like, yeah, I finally heard it for the last time. I'll accept it. But rest days do not slow down or dampen your progress. Okay. Rest days actually help you make progress. I know it sounds so counterintuitive, but it is true. Rest days do not slow down your progress. They're not going to make you gain weight. They're not going to throw you off course. They are good for your body. Okay. So how can we change some of these issues? How can we make some habit, put some habits in that are going to help us? Let's talk about sleep. (laughs) So we can't really control that if our kids are still a factor in us being sleep deprived, aside from getting to bed earlier. Mm, Am I hitting a chord? Are you, you know, letting the day kind of get away from you or trying to do all the things after the kids go to bed or trying to unwind by like watching mind numbing TV. And then you keep watching it because (laughs) Netflix just keeps playing the next episode. You got to get to bed earlier. And that could totally mean addressing habits like scrolling, TV, and time management during the day. 
and that's uncomfortable. But again, if we're not sleeping well, it's affecting our impulse control. It's affecting our appetite levels because we're more stressed. And I'm not kidding you. If you just go to bed earlier, (laughs) right? Like sometimes our solution is just going to bed. And if you just go to bed earlier, it would make it easier, but it's hard because you got to break down some of these habits that are mind numbing and you feel like are helping you unwind, like watching TV and scrolling or avoiding certain tasks during the day and then trying to get them done when your kids are asleep. It's just hard and it can be so layered. So that's, you know, got to dig into that and figure it out. Stress is another area. So let's talk about some ways we can handle stress. Um, first is the mental load that we're carrying as moms communicate them, communicate them with her husband, with a close mom friend, not in a complaining way, but like, uh, I'm going through this. Are you going through it too? Do you have any advice for me or solutions? Like let someone else carry that burden with you. Don't try to carry it alone, communicate it, talk through it. Um, have a therapist. I mean, that mental load is too much to carry by yourself. So talk it through. You can brain dump. This is something I do probably multiple times a day when ideas or thoughts come into my head or I'm like, oh, we ran out of, we ran out of the standard moving laundry detergent. So I need to buy some that literally happened this morning. I wrote it down. I keep like a notepad on our fridge and I just write random things on it throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, I bring it to my planner and I schedule stuff in. I add stuff to my grocery list. I mean, you don't know what's going to show up on that list because I just write down things when they come into my brain. Some of it's business, some of it's running our household, some of it's life related stuff, or just like I heard something that really struck a chord and I want to just remember what that phrase was. I mean, that list has all the things on it. And so I just brain dump them as stuff comes up throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I go put it somewhere where it belongs and I can take care of things. And another thing that can help you deal with the mental load is saying no more often. And that's such a generic statement, but I think we as moms all are constantly learning that. Um, Also determine what fills your cup and schedule it in. I think we know what fills our cup. We're really good at determining that self-care, that phrase, self-care, mom time, whatever it is, we're starting to grasp that. But something I'm personally learning right now is I need to put it on our calendar as a family or I won't get that. And it's okay to prioritize yourself and to truly say, okay, if we're going to prioritize the kids' activities and my husband's stuff and this and that, I can prioritize stuff that will fill my cup too. So schedule it in. Okay, those are some tangible ways to deal with stress. Oh man, I like scratched the surface. So, you know, it's not my specialty, but those are some ways we can deal with that. So again, our cortisol is not as high leading to appetite increases, lower impulse control, you know, just that mental draining energy that we carry around when we're chronically stressed. Now rest when it comes to physical activity in this restoration category, follow a workout program that plans in rest. This is such a simple solution. If you are planning, if you are taking, you know, doing, completing a workout program and following the calendar that's laid out for you, it's very likely I'm probably going to, it's probably not a great workout program if rest is not scheduled in because all professionals know that rest is key to seeing progress. So if you're following a workout program, do the rest days, um, do active recovery. If you've not heard what that is, active recovery can be walking. It can be foam rolling. It can be yoga or stretching or breath work. I mean, so much that is considered active recovery. Um, and if you're not following a workout program, plan in your own rest days from physical activity. Like I said, stretching, walking, breathing, yoga, but plan it in. You have to rest. Now, next area that we're going to talk about is expectations. 
And this might sound not super specific, but we'll get there. So there are some areas that can come up around our expectations that you're like, can you're like, okay, is that directly affecting my weight loss? Yes, it can. So the first is timelines that you're expecting for weight loss. And I know we talk about this a lot. So you're probably like, I know what she's going to say, which is awesome if you do, because that means you've probably already embraced this. But the first is you need to be patient. Um, if you're expecting to lose weight at a certain point, you got to let go of that. You know that logically things like this take time. So snuff out those emotions with your logical brain. It can be hard as women because we're like emotional beings usually, but you can be logical about this process. So practice that and implement that and live by that logic side of your brain when it comes to weight loss timelines. Now, how often you're getting on the scale could, in a way, this is kind of a stretch, but I do think it's a huge factor for a lot of women. If you're getting on the scale too often, it's like watch, it's like waiting and watching a pot boil, right? Like you're never going to see the water actually boil if you keep staring at it, waiting for it to start, or you're making mac and cheese for dinner. You got to walk away. Same with the scale. Stop getting on it every day. Stop getting on it every other day. Like there's your time of the month, your period, time of the day. If you've had a bowel movement, any soreness that you're feeling in your body, how much water you had the day prior, if you drank water right before getting on the scale, all these things affect your weight day to day and even hour to hour. So getting on too often could be causing you frustration and that frustration, that disconnect between the actions you're taking and not seeing the number move every single day is going to cause stress, mental stress. And we know that that stress can lead to actions and choices that we don't want to be making that can self-sabotage. So stop getting on the scale so often. How to make changes with your expectations. So again, with timelines, drop it. Set smaller incremental goals, like two pounds at a time. That's a great way to start. I mean, me, I had 90 pounds and then 70 pounds to lose after both kids. That's a lot. I did not look at those goals and say, all right, 70, let's go. I was like, all right, two pounds, let's go. Smaller incremental goals, okay? When you weigh yourself, in my opinion, don't do it more than once a month and do it like the same time a month at the same point in your cycle every single time. Because, and and if you wanna do it more often, weekly at most. I mean, I even think that's too often, but your weight can fluctuate weekly. So (laughs) you really can't put all all your weight, all of the, all of your hope, is that the word? You can't put it all on that number you're seeing. There's so many other factors that are going to help indicate the progress that you're making. And yes, you're working towards weight loss. So ultimately the number changing is what you want to see. And that is what you will attain. Like that is what you are working towards. And you are capable of making that goal happen. If you do, going back to the beginning, feel like there's a part of you that can be healthier and weight loss is part of that. It, the, the number will eventually change, but you can't keep looking at it. Okay. Stop watching the pot boil, <laughs> get your focus off of the outcome and get it focused on the process that you're doing day in and day out to make it happen in your action. And the fact that you're following through and doing the hard things, like you need to focus on that, not the number that you're seeing day in and day out too often, too often. Okay. <laughs> last, last area we're going to look at and analyze is other lifestyle considerations. So this can be breastfeeding. It could be medications that you're having to take right now in this season. It could be travel and it could be the time of year, like the season of life that you're in. So how to change these things? Well, they really aren't changeable. So you're going to have to change your mindset. Okay. But all these things that we already dove into, 
can help address these foundational factors that are part of weight loss. So you can control what you can control, like legitimately breastfeeding. Like if you're doing it right now and you're not planning on stopping or pumping and you're not planning on stopping, you can't change that. So go look at other areas to analyze and change. If you're on medications, whatever type, for whatever reason, and those are affecting your weight or affecting your mindset or whatever, whatever it is, because those do have side effects and they can affect different things in our bodies and in our brains. And there's so many things, right? There's so many, that's why I'm being very generic here, but you can't control that. So you have to go look at other things you can't control. Same with travel. Like I said, we were just out of town for 19 of 30 days of a month. That's so much. I wasn't always control of when I had the option to eat lunch or what was on our, what was on my plate or what was served. Well, I do have control of what's on my plate, but what's served for certain meals, not always in control, but that's okay. That was the season I was in. And again, time of year or season you're in, you just have to consider those things and they can't be changed most of the time. But outside of those, there are other factors that you can control. So that was a lot. (laughs) You just got all the knowledge. I mean, maybe save this episode, like click the three dots and save it. So you can come back to it again and just like re re swallow everything. I just threw out at you. It's okay. If you feel like you were just drinking water from a fire hose, cause I felt like I was just spewing out from a fire hose. So let's make this simple. How can you implement what you just learned? I know there was something in this episode that struck a chord. You were like, okay, is it my nutrition? Is it physical activity? Is it restoration? Is it my expectations? Or is it something else in my life that I'm not in control of right now? Which of those five, so technically the first four areas, do I think this issue is coming from? So identify that. And I actually need to rewind. First up, if you forgot or if you stopped doing this, detach the emotion and then embrace the self-honesty or else none of this will matter. Now, take a second because we're going to backtrack in here. So take a second and let all those emotional thoughts come in that do tie your past and your choices to your worth. All the ones that have come in during this episode, let them go. Shed a tear or a lot if you need to, because I'm right here. You're not alone. Okay, deep breath in, deep breath out. Now get honest with yourself. It's time to acknowledge what's really going on, what the real habits, helpful or not, that are currently automatic in your life, If we don't call them out for what they are, we cannot change them, but you are ready and you are equipped to do so, to make those changes. So again, what to tackle first, which area is it in? We're going to pick one, one thing. Okay. Pick one area. Is it nutrition? Is it physical activity? Is it your restoration or your expectations? And then whatever struck a chord with you most from one of those areas, pick one, Pick one issue that you were like, I think I need to start there that you learned about today. Just one. How many? Tell me. I can't hear you. Say it out loud. How many changes are you going to make? One. That's right. Cool. Okay. Because too much at once will almost guarantee inconsistency over time. And that inconsistency leads to no lifestyle change. But we are here for the lifestyle change, aren't we? Yes, we are. I'm literally having a conversation with myself. Okay, (laughs) so I'm going to stop talking to myself and just expectantly and excitedly wait to talk to you. Yes, on your weight loss kickstart call. In this one-on-one session, we are going to dig into your biggest struggles right now. 
so we can uncover the, the one thing you need to get consistent with first one thing that way you can grow that consistency and confidence right now. Like for real, imagine if you no longer felt like you were trying to piece together your journey, but were actually on top of your habits and your choices. Like you felt in control of those things. Imagine if things like working out and eating well, just felt like normal parts of your day, just who you are. You feel like you have it together. You feel healthy inside and outside. And you're confident because those habits that you want to be consistent with are literally just woven into your day seamlessly. What you learned today compromises all of the changes I come up with on these calls with different mamas, but which one's for you? Which one did you figure out? And how can you make it your lifestyle? How can you make it automatic? No more forcing these habits. No more forcing this quote, healthy life or healthy eating. No more forcing it. That's what we're going to figure out on this call. And then you'll walk away with my custom kickstart habit tracker and my accountability. So you can track your progress and your growth with that one habit and to truly serve you and provide the accountability over time, because I felt, felt really convicted at the, in this and it, because I believe that it, it truly takes time to create lasting change. So I decided to start offering a three call package as well as the one-time standalone call. If you just need one to figure out that one habit to really kick yourself back into gear. But if you do need that accountability and sustainable change, like you just feel like your lifestyle's not where it wants to be or not where it used to be. And you can't figure out how to get out of that rut. I've been there. I was there after both kids and it took so much time to get out of that. And I had to rely on a lot of piecing it together myself. It took a long time and I don't want that to take forever or be impossible for you. So I'm going to walk you through the process I've gone through, through the right habits for you at the right time. The three call package, you literally get three calls for the price of two. Ah, That value will not be forever. So go grab either one call so we can dig into your journey and find a habit that will help you kickstart your weight loss or in my opinion, the best option is go grab that package of three so we can do that and make any necessary pivots over the course of a few weeks or a course of a month or two. So you can finally get on the road to weight loss and confidence with simple consistency and a dose of accountability for me. So now's your time because I'm only opening up eight coaching spots for May. What? And there's already two taken. So first come first serve, there's only six left. So go book one before they're gone. You can do that at the toughloafmom.com backslash coaching. It's linked below for you too, because I got to make it simple, but this will help you get consistent in the right habits in the right way. So you can finally feel confident while you lose that weight, not waiting until when you get there. Okay. You got to stop trying to figure this out on your own. I'm proud of you for being so bought into this podcast. And this is a resource because When you are educated and equipped, you are thus empowered to make change. And you're doing that right now. You're listening. You're still here. So I wish I could just hug and squeeze you because it's hard to like take that time for yourself to truly learn, but you got to implement. And if you have trouble with that implementing, I'm happy to help on these calls. Let's get you focused. I want you to leaving this call, no matter what you choose to do, get focused on one thing and get consistent with it, whichever change that you were like, that's it. Get consistent with it. Okay. And if you need the support with that, if you need the tracking system that I use with my clients, if you need the accountability, go to the backslash coaching. And I cannot wait to get you on the path to weight loss the right way, the confident way and the simple way. Go get after it, mama. Before you go, thank you for spending this time with me on the tough love mom podcast. If this episode encouraged you in any way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a review, letting me know how the show has impacted you. Then 
send this episode to another mom friend or take a screenshot, post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me on this journey to impact thousands of moms. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, sister. Until next time, get after it.